The fuselage tilted, settling, and a shudder warmed through the airframe. A side slip pressed him against the seatbelt. They were dropping now, leaving the clear brilliant blue, sinking like a drowned body into the smoky air that lay close above the sea. He flattened his forehead against hot acrylic as below him Pandora 12 scrolled across the curved screen of the sea. At first it looked like a toy, a Lego and Tinker toy assemblage of colored blocks and sticks set on aluminum foil smoothed over the living room rug. Then the eye realized it was gigantic, a steel square bigger than a football field, growing from the serrated silver blue on four huge cross-braced legs. The dominant color was a pale cream, but here and there glowed the red-orange of primer. Yellow and black cross-hatching picked out elevators. Along with the derrick, this platform was packed with squat towers, miles of vari-colored piping, boilers, smoking uptakes. Cottony manes of steam faded into invisibility as they rose. At the end of an outstretched boom, a huge bloom of dandelion-colored flame writhed in the wind. A landing platform jutted from the opposite corner. Not far away from the platform rode two dark low rectangles he recognized after a second look as a pipeline barge and a jet barge. The helicopter banked again, and the platform and barges slid out of view. The pitch of the rotors changed, and the sunlight through the window slowed its flicker. He was wiping sweat from his hair when a muffled thud came from above them. The jolt wasn't hard, like being bumped by another cart to the food line. The tail pitched up gently, and the sea started to rotate outside the window. He grabbed for a non-existent armrest as red lights blasted into life ahead of him, in front of the flight crew. Hands stabbed out, jolting switches down, palming red buttons. The pilot shouted into his throat mic, Losing the tail rotor! Losing power! Help me out! Left rudder! Ah, oh, shit! No flight controls! Unable to auto-rotate! Looking at a hard-water entry here! They pitched up, then over, and dove headfirst for the blue. He hung like a spun-in spider as the seat hammered his rump. Parts were shearing away, clattering along the aluminum. Suddenly, wind was blowing through the skin, and daylight burned where metal should have been. Through the fogged circle of plastic, the sea stared him in the face. They were falling into it, tumbling and wheeling like a huge, crippled metal dragonfly. His gut told him desperately to do something, do something now. But he wasn't underwater or on land. They were in the air, and he had no idea what to do. His fingers clamped helplessly on the seat, but it was falling too. Everything was falling, in a crazy vibration-blurred whirl of screaming sound, hammering noise, wheeling sunlight, shouts, and the hail clatter of metal. Across from him, the older man was yanking frenziedly at his life preserver. Tiller screamed a warning, but too late. The burrowing hands found the release toggle. Yellow nylon tauntened as gas bulged into it. In the seconds before they hit, his brain held no thought at all, no more than a stone. Then he forced words through the endless ancient terror of the fall. Sorry, Bernie, he thought, clutching the frame as hard as he could to keep his hands from doing what the other men's were doing. His eyes squeezed closed as the waves hurtled upward, like a door slamming closed, a blue rippled lid closing on his face. Dad, I'm sorry. Sorry for everything. Thought I'd have time. Thought someday I could make it right. Looks like I was wrong. The sea wheeled, suddenly no longer blue and distant, but white and green and violet and streaked brown, close and intimate as a lover's irises before they come too close to sea. Then it crashed upward into his still unaverted face. <laughs>